have two passages. So <laughs> if you want to open your Bibles, our first passage, or open your Bible apps, our first passage is from John chapter 14. And we're going to start from verse 15. So once again, that's John chapter 14, starting with verse 15. And I'll be reading from the ESV. If you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, if you want to turn, flip, or scroll, we're going to now look at John chapter 16, starting with the second half of verse 4. So that's John 16, second half of verse 4. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Verse 9. Concerning sin because they do not believe in me, concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer, concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. And finally, verse 15, all that the Father has is mine. Therefore, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Amen. So, we are on a sermon series titled, The Promise of the Holy Spirit. The Promise of the Holy Spirit. And last week, Pastor Susie kicked us off, and she began the series talking about the promise for today. Turn to your neighbor and say, The Holy Spirit is for today. The main points that she mentioned to catch us up is, one, we must desire the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Two, we must honor the Holy Spirit rather than quenching or using or neglecting the Holy Spirit. And third, we must partner with the Holy Spirit. There is a purpose in terms of our doing, the call that Christians have in partnering with the Holy Spirit. Today, I'm going to be preaching on the indwelling Spirit. The indwelling Spirit. When it comes to the Holy Spirit, to simplify understanding the ministry or 
function of the Holy Spirit, the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can divide it up into two. Some of you guys know this. First is the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the second is, if you know it, it is the empowering ministry of the Holy Spirit. The indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit and the empowering ministry of the Holy Spirit. Today, as I shared, I'm going to be talking about the indwelling ministry. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit indwelling in us? All right. Pastor Susie, next week, she's going to be preaching on the empowering ministry of the Holy Spirit. How does the Holy Spirit empower us to do the things that Christ has called us to do? And let me just say, both are equally important. Both are equally important. The indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit and the empowering ministry of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what I'm talking about, all this is gibberish to you, I'm glad you're here because we're about to get into it. All right? Where do we get this idea of the indwelling Spirit? The indwelling Spirit. The idea that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. You know, if you've been a Christian for a while, there's a lot of different rhetoric, ways we talk about the Holy Spirit that kind of sounds a little bit confusing. Do we call Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit? Should we call Him Holy Spirit? First name Holy, last name Spirit. You know, is He a force? Is He a person? Like, do we pray to the Holy Spirit? Do we pray to Jesus? Do we pray to the Father? There's so many things about the Holy Spirit where like, I I don't get it, but let's just go along with it. (laughs) Right? The Holy Spirit living inside of us, where does that come from? When you and I are saved... There's a word that we have learned that we need to learn called regeneration. Can everyone say regeneration? Okay. When we are saved, the Bible says that you and I, we are born again. We have a new birth. We have a new identity. The righteousness of Christ covers us. And the Bible says that we have gone, we sang about it earlier today, from old to new. We are a new creation. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are a new creation. Right? We are a new creation. I want to read a verse for us on the slide. Ephesians chapter 1, 13 to 14 says this. In Him you also, when you heard the word of truth, Christians, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in Him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee, guarantee of our inheritance, until we acquire possession of it, To the praise of His glory. When we receive Christ as our Lord and Savior, when we become regenerate, when we become new creation, the Bible says right here that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us as a guarantee of our salvation. Now this is really cool. That word guarantee in the Greek is called arabona. Let's say that together. Arabona. In the Greek, what that word is, what that word means, it means... It's not a common word for today. It's dowry or deposit, a down payment. The modern day translation of dowry, because we don't do dowries these days. You know, we don't pay for our significant, you know what I mean? It's engagement ring. Arabona means engagement ring. Where the Holy Spirit is a seal of our salvation, right? I got married, right? We have some newlyweds in here, right? And... Before the actual wedding ceremony, there was an engagement involving a very costly 
wedding ring. I, I have to emphasize costly as a guy. All right? <laughs> but, um, you know, what does that engagement ring symbolize? It symbolizes a commitment, a guarantee until the wedding day. Until the wedding day. When Jesus returns, now I'm flipping analogies. When Jesus returns for his bride for the wedding day. So the Holy Spirit inside of us is like that wedding ring. Does that make sense? Right? He's the guarantee of our salvation. And He will not call off the wedding. Amen. Alright? Another verse, right? In Galatians, Paul says this way. Paul says, hey, we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. You and I, we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. Whom we have received from God. And it says in Galatians 6, You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies because the Holy Spirit dwells in you. Meaning God takes up, the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our hearts. He resides in you and I. He's not just visiting. He's not just a guest in our hearts. It says right there, Paul says, He has purchased you. We're not just accommodating Him. He is the Lord. He is the owner of this temple here. He is the owner of this temple here. How many of you guys played a game called Uno? There's a card game called Uno, right? How many of you guys, those who have played, have only played one version of that game? No. Well, you guys have? That's interesting, because I've played like 10 different versions of that game. I go to someone's house, I play that game, and I do a certain thing. They're like, you're not allowed to do that. I'm like, I've been playing it like this whole time. You're wrong. You guys know what I'm talking about. And we play the game according to what? House rules. Any game. We play according to house rules. I'm not going to go into Pastor Susie's house and then be like, no, that's not how you play. Even though she says house rules, I'm going to be like, no, it's your house rules, but we're going to play like this. You see, when the Bible says that you and I are temples of the Holy Spirit, and that we are not to treat Him as a guest, but as the owner, we ought to tell Him, house rules. You determine how I live. You determine how I think. You determine how I walk. We don't tell Him house rules. We don't tell Him how we live. So there we go. We have established here the truth that If you're a born-again believer, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. He will not leave. He will still dwell in you. So let's get to the passage. In John 14, 15 to 17, as Lindsay beautifully read for us, it says, Jesus says to his disciples, Guys, if you love me, one of the disciples, like Peter, he's going to hear it again later. Do you love me, right? He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Everyone say helper. To be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. When we look at this passage, I want to share today a couple of points regarding the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. And the first point is this. 
the Holy Spirit helps us to love Him. Meaning this, without God, we cannot love God. You know, a lot of times I pray, God, you know, help me to love so-and-so. Help me to love so-and-so in a supernatural way. And when I pray that, what am I talking about? I'm saying, Lord, help me to love this person in a way that's Christ-like, beyond the love that this world understands. Lord, anoint me. Help me to love so-and-so in a supernatural way. We pray that. Maybe some of us have prayed that. But in the same way, we ought to pray, God, help me to love you in a supernatural way. I need you, Holy Spirit, to love you. It says right there, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, meaning this. The expression of our love for him is to obey his commandments. And I love how Jesus says right after that, that's why I'm going to send a helper. Meaning, we need help to obey his commandments. We need help to love him on his terms. Because we can't. We fight this sin nature. Our day in and day out. We need to acknowledge and we need to pray. We need to submit and yield to the ministry of the Holy Spirit in us. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to love you. Help me to obey your commandments. Which commandments? The most, right before Jesus says this, the most recent blatant commandment that Jesus tells his disciples, he says, a new commandment I give you, which is love one another. Disciples are looking at each other like, yeah, we definitely need the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Another commandment, the greatest commandment, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. Raise your hand if you really need the Holy Spirit to do that. I need the Holy Spirit to love Him with all that I am and all that I have. What other commandments? The Sermon on the Mount, the ways of the kingdom. We studied that together last year. There are so many commandments that Jesus gave. He provided a certain way to live. And as long as we obey these commandments, that is our expression of loving Jesus. We need the Holy Spirit to love Him. Now let's move on to John chapter 16. He says, But now... He's continuing to talk to disciples. He says, But now I am going to him, the Father, who sent me. And none of you asks me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Now, James, Kim, Russell back there and I, we love to ask each other, would you rather questions. So I got a would you rather for you. Would you rather have a conversation and be with Jesus in the flesh right now next to you? Or would you rather have life in the Holy Spirit? You know, let's just be real. For me, I just want Jesus next to me. You know what I mean? I just want to talk with Him. I want to eat with Him. I want to say jokes with Him. I want to hide behind Him so He can do the miracles. Hide behind Him so He can do the preaching. Hide behind Him so He can do everything that He has called me to do. I'd rather have Jesus. But it's mind-boggling. There's, I got to admit, there's some mystery here. 
Jesus is saying, hey, disciples, it's to your advantage. It's better for you. Brothers and sisters, Jesus says, it's better for us that Jesus is sitting on his throne in heaven, that he can send us the helper. As in, I know it's a mystery, I know it's hard to fathom, but the fact that the Holy Spirit is living inside of us is to our advantage. It's to our advantage. Why is it to our advantage? Now, I got to admit, I don't know the exact answer as to why the Holy Spirit, us having Him, is an advantage to us. But there is something that Jesus said here to His disciples in the same conversation. He says something radical. He says, hey, you, church, you, my disciples, you guys are going to do greater things than I did. Jesus says, you're going to do greater things than I did. I'm like, if I was a disciple, I was like, you just raised people from the dead. You just multiplied all this. You just, it's like, what do you mean? I, would, I think I would try to convince Jesus the way, the truth, and the life. I think you're wrong. <laughs> I need you here. What you mean? What does that mean? You'll do greater things. And there's a lot of theories here. And I will say, answer D, which is all of the above. What is A through C? Numerically. He could, also, he could be meaning numerically. Oh, when Jesus is here, He does his miracles in one place. But when the Holy Spirit empowers believers, it's the whole world that's, that is waiting for the church to do the things that Jesus did. Numerically. That makes sense, right? That could be greater. right? The second is frequency. Jesus was only walking the earth for three years. Frequency. It could be even, I dare say, it could be even qualitatively. I said, oh, he raised someone from the dead. How can you do something more than that? And you know what? Maybe there is. Who's to say that leading someone to salvation isn't as great as raising from the dead, someone from the dead? Who is to say that? Right? But also, I do believe also, just like Elijah called down fire from heaven. Just like food can multiply. Just like these things that Jesus did. How about we believe what Jesus said for what he said? Whatever it looks like. Whatever that means. The fact of the matter is, we need the Holy Spirit. And it's to our advantage that he has left so we have him. Amen. That's kind of exciting. It's kind of scary too, but that is pretty exciting. Yeah. When he comes, in verse 8, when he comes, he will, some of us don't like this word. Can we say the word convict? He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Second point, the Holy Spirit brings conviction. The indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit brings conviction. Now that word convict, right? That word convict, it means in the Greek, it says, you know, elengeo. In, in, the, in the Greek, it means to convince with solid, compelling evidence, especially to expose. Raise your hand if you like being exposed. 
Nobody likes being exposed, right? We like being put on the spotlight when good things are happening, but we don't like being exposed. We don't like the light shining on us. Convict means to expose and bring to the light to, I'm going to use a strong word, it says here, to declare guilty. To declare guilty, but not to shame. To declare guilty and not to shame. We've heard someone say the phrase, man, I felt so convicted by that word. Last week, man, Pastor Susie was preaching. She said, which one are you? Are you the one that, you know, are you the, the one that uses the Holy Spirit or neglect the Holy Spirit? And I'm like, both. Oh, like, there was like, there was like conviction. Some of you guys, y'all feel me, right? There was conviction. Oh, that was such a convicting word. I felt exposed. But there's another way this word is used. And have you ever heard this phrase? He spoke with such conviction. Pastor Susie preached with such conviction. In that phrase, it doesn't mean Pastor Susie, he, she spoke to expose all of us. <laughs> that phrase, it means she spoke and she preached in a way where she really believed what she was saying. She was really convinced to be convinced of the truth. The Holy Spirit brings conviction, and this is why it's important. Man, conviction is necessary for real repentance. Conviction is necessary for real repentance. Without the Holy Spirit exposing sin in our lives, and without the Holy Spirit convincing us that there's a better way, we will not repent. Maybe we will feel remorse. Maybe we will feel kind of morally wrong. But without the Holy Spirit, we got to realize the Holy Spirit is God. He holds absolute authority and He holds the standard of absolute truth. He determines what is sin and what is not. In church, i got to emphasize this. You know why? Because the Bible says, you know, in the end times, as we get closer and closer to His return, apostasy is going to increase more and more. People are going to be turning away from Christ. Even right now, relativism is on the rise. People are determining truth for themselves based on their feelings, based on the crowd, based on popularity. People are straying from the Bible, straying from the truth... And the winds of different doctrines are taking us with them. I need to emphasize, man, we need the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. We need the spirit of conviction in our lives. I believe God loves when we pray sincerely. Lord, help my unbelief. Help my unbelief. Help me to have faith, Lord. Help my unbelief. The Holy Spirit is there to convince you. This is a truth. This is a truth. While the devil deceives, Satan deceives and lies. That's his, his favorite thing to do. He loves to, he loves to just pollute our minds with lies. And we live a certain way because of those lies. Satan loves to deceive us with lies. But the Holy Spirit 
I'll use the word, he, as John Trapp, one of the theologians, he says, he loves, Holy Spirit loves to undeceive the world. He loves to undeceive the world. Is that a word? Yes, it's a word, all right? That's what the Holy Spirit does. And it says here, he convicts the world concerning three things. He convicts the world concerning sin. He convicts the world concerning righteousness. And he convicts the world concerning judgment. What does this mean? This is so important for us, guys. We need the Holy Spirit because we need the Holy Spirit to constantly convince us, constantly convince us that unbelief is a sin. We need the Holy Spirit to constantly teach us what is sin and what is not. But it's a scary world we're living in now where people are determining that for themselves. How is a broken human being going to determine what is sin and what is not compared to a perfect God. We need the Holy Spirit to convict us from sin. Sin leads to decay and life in the Spirit leads to wholeness in life. He convicts the world of righteousness. This is important too. Everything I say is important. It's the Bible, right? (laughs) It's important because the Holy Spirit, what He does in our hearts is He convicts us and and reminds us that the righteousness of Christ is enough. The Holy Spirit convinces us again and again and again that it is finished meant it is finished. So many times in our lives, we don't believe that. And that plays out. So many times in our lives, we live in lies. We live in a way where we, we don't necessarily maybe think that we're working for our salvation. But whenever we feel tired or feel that yoke of, of legalism, when we do spiritual disciplines out of legalism, and somehow along the way we, we decided, you know, I don't feel righteous, I don't believe I'm righteous, so let me do things so I determine that I am righteous. We know in our minds that Christ's righteousness covers us. But the way we live and think, guess what? The Holy Spirit is still convincing us again and again and again, that's not it. He helps us see that. And He says, again and again and again, it's not just when you were saved that what Christ has done should be most powerful. Holy Spirit helps us today. Man, the gospel is powerful. What Christ has done. His blood speaks a better word. He is my righteousness. No matter how I feel, no matter what I've done, He is my righteousness. Holy Spirit convinces of that. And then the Holy Spirit also convinces us, convicts us of judgment. Meaning this, the Holy Spirit reminds us that there is coming a judgment day and that the world will be judged without having Christ as their Savior. Meaning He helps us to live in the fear of the Lord. A lot of times, i got to admit, let's be honest, we like to live for the here and now, maybe just the near future, but we don't necessarily think about Jesus returning, His kingdom coming. Brothers and sisters, we're called to live for eternity, not just the here and now. Because when we live for the here and now, you know what happens? We, we tend to live for ourselves. We start focusing on ourselves, how God can lead me and help me in my life now. But when we think about the future, the eternal kingdom, we start thinking about Christ, His reign, His kingdom, 
there is coming a judgment day. And the Holy Spirit puts that perspective in our hearts. Do we need the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit? Yeah. We definitely need the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. The last point is, and when I say last point, it doesn't mean I'm about to land. Just letting you know, okay? Just last of the three points. (laughs) Let's be honest. All right. The Holy Spirit is our parakletos. Everyone say parakletos. That's the Greek word we read in this passage. We just read the ESV version of the Bible. It says, He is our helper. Parakletos means helper. But guess what? In another version of the Bible, it says, Advocate. But guess what? Another version of the Bible, it says, Comforter. But another version of the Bible, it says, Counselor. So which one is Parakletos? Is he our helper? Is he our advocate? Is he our comfort? Is he our counselor? Because I can tell you, each four of these descriptions, I can think of different ways that the Holy Spirit ministers. English does not suffice here. When it comes to the Greek word parakletos, it's more in line with the word advocate. I'm not saying all of the other ones are, not, are false. You know? I'm not trying to say I know better than these Bible scholars, right? But in terms of the Greek, I would say that the most in line word is advocate. Advocate. And the way that we can understand the word advocate is like a lawyer. It's like a lawyer. Someone who constantly reminds you and convinces you of the truth. The lawyers, their job is, you can imagine, right? Their job is to convince you of the truth, of the reality. All these names, right, of the Holy Spirit, whether it's helper, advocate, comforter, counselor. You know, sometimes we pray, Holy Spirit, you are the helper. Help me in this situation, Holy Spirit. Or counselor, Holy Spirit, would you just listen to me and, and give me wisdom in, in, in what I'm dealing with? Or, or, you know, or advocate, or whatever way you pray. There are different ways we pray in these things, right? But here's what I want to point out in verse 12. It says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. It says, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. Everyone say, Spirit of truth. Meaning this, whether it's helper, advocate, comforter, or counselor, all of it roots from the truth. Meaning this, the Holy Spirit comforts you with truth. He counsels you with truth. He guides you and helps you with truth. He convinces you with truth and He transforms you with truth. Meaning that the Holy Spirit doesn't help us on our terms the way that we want Him to help us. The Holy Spirit does these things from the place of being right here as we read, the Spirit of truth. Spirit of truth. To walk in the Spirit, and I pray that and I long for us to be a church who walks in the Spirit. When it comes to the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit, to walk in the Spirit means to walk in truth. Simple as that. To walk in the Spirit means to walk in truth. Allowing the truth to determine the way that we live 
and think. Alright? Now, what happens when we saturate our lives, saturate our hearts, and we live according to the truth? What happens? Galatians 5 happens. Fruit begins to come out. The fruit of the Spirit. The character of Christ begins to form in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. You know, I used to think, I used to think, Lord, I pray that the fruit of the Spirit would abound in my heart, abound in my, let people see the love of Christ. You know, I used to think the Holy Spirit did it in a way that's like, okay, snap, it's right there. Next day, I start acting a certain way. Pastor Susie's like, what happened to you? You know, I thought it was like that. It doesn't work like that. It works with a constant marinating into truth. Think of a cucumber. What? You put a cucumber in vinegar and it becomes a pickle. Right? It's like you dip that cucumber in, 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 in the uh, pickle. Is it going to be transformed? No. But you marinate, you leave it there, it's going to change. In the same way, our whole lives, to be led by the Spirit, is to grow in the truth. The truth of the Word of God. Truth. So, the three points I shared was, the Holy Spirit helps us to love God, the Holy Spirit brings conviction, and the Holy Spirit is our advocate. In summary... Our call as believers, you and I, church, is to know Jesus Christ, to become like Jesus Christ, and to show Jesus Christ to this world. That's what the Spirit does in our hearts. It's the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit that does that, and He doesn't just snap a finger, He marinates us in the truth. Because in John 17, 17, Jesus says this. He says, sanctify them in the what? In the truth. Your word is truth. Let me say that again. Jesus says himself, sanctify them, transform them in the truth. Your word is truth. Jesus also said, the truth shall what? Shall set you free. The Holy Spirit is here to help us walk in freedom in this life through the truth. Through the truth. So that's the what. Let me just paint a picture here. That's the what. What does the Holy Spirit do? He makes us more like Christ. But I'm going to talk about, what I talked about today was the how. How does He help us become more like Christ? How? He reveals truth. He keeps us in the truth. He transforms of us in the truth and because He is the Spirit of truth. And I feel responsibility as a pastor to have to preach this again and again and again because we live again, once again, we live in a world that takes us away from the truth. Yeah. We live in a spiritual war, guys. Sometimes we forget that. Even right now, the spiritual war is not the boogeyman coming and touching you and then you, you know, the exorcist happens. That's not spiritual war. The spiritual warfare is the battle of your mind and your heart. 
The spiritual war is the enemy is constantly attacking us with lies, using culture, using society, using our sin nature, saying your value comes from this. This is who you are. Your past experience, what happened to you, that determines who you are. This determines who you are. This determines how the way you think. That sin is okay because this, this, and this reason. But man, the spiritual war, we need the spirit of truth. We need the Holy Spirit to counter. The enemy is constantly trying to gain real estate in our minds and our hearts. He does not want us to walk in freedom, in wholeness, in our God-given purpose. Maybe some of us, we feel like defeated. We feel like it's so hard. We need that mental and heart breakthrough to believe. I can point you in the right direction. I believe with all my heart that the right direction is desiring the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to close with this. <laughs> this is for real. <laughs> we need both the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit, which I talked about today, and what Pastor Susie is going to talk about, we need the empowering ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to... Sorry, Pastor Susie, to uh, uh, spoil it a little bit. Empowering ministry of the Spirit is like doing the spiritual gifts, doing the things that Jesus did. You know, prophesying, healing, walking in the power of Christ. Okay, I just ruined it for you, okay? If you didn't know... <laughs> But why am I sharing this is I want to show you a slide. So I, sh- I shared this before with you guys before. If you look here, right, this is weird-looking fruit, right? Uh, when I was doing missions in Gambia, in Africa, this was everywhere. I ate this all the time. It's called a cashew fruit. Why is it called cashew fruit? This fruit right here, okay, is the fruit... That grows. But you know what's crazy? You know what grows out of that fruit? This is a cashew nut. Little did you know that cashew nuts can grow out of fruit. But here's the thing. We see two up here. We see two cashew fruits. The first one is plump and juicy. The other one is meh. But the cashew looks so much bigger. I can tell you for a fact I know which cashew tasted better. The smaller one tasted better because the fruit was bigger. This was a premature, well, giant. On the inside, it was premature. It didn't taste as good. Even the fruit sucked. It didn't taste good. We spit it out, right? Why? I got this revelation when I was in Africa just looking at this fruit. I felt like the Lord was teaching me, hey, The gifts of the Spirit should flow out from the fruit of the Spirit. Meaning, can you imagine someone gifted in the gift of prophecy? Someone walking in power, healing left and right, but then having horrible character and very relative in what they believe. Can you imagine that? But on the flip side, can you imagine someone so filled with love so filled with empathy, but also, equally as important, so filled with truth. I would want someone prophesying over me that's filled with truth and filled with love. And I've had people 
prophesying over me. You know, people that I do trust. They're just declaring scripture. The truth is just pouring out. Scripture this, scripture that, scripture this. Soul is just overflowing in truth because they're so saturated in the truth. But they're not just, they're not just emptying their minds. But I feel the love of God as they're ministering. Church, I pray that we would be like the right one. Plump. <laughs> not physically. <laughs> um, <laughs> that we would be enriched in life in the Spirit, the indwelling ministry of the Holy Spirit, filled with truth, filled with the fruit of the Spirit, filled with the life that depends and honors the Spirit that lives within. That when He anoints us with the empowering ministry of the Holy Spirit, that we would be able to operate and live from that place of love, overflowing with truth. That is what I pray today. And I ask the worship team to come up. And I want to lead us into a time of prayer. Lead us into a time of prayer. And let's, let's take some time to reflect. And I ask us to just close our eyes for the sake of just being able to focus just a little bit. I want to invite us into taking some time to marinate ourselves and soak ourselves just with the simple truth that I started off with in this sermon that man the mind-blowing truth that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us that he lives inside of you brother and sister in Christ Holy Spirit that existed even before all creation as he hovered over the face of the earth that Holy Spirit lives inside of you and I want to invite us to let's be real just think about have I had a high view of the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit have I honored you within me Have I treated you like a guest or even the person that cleans up? Or or have I treated you as the king, the landlord, the owner? Have I let you have house rules? Right now we ask you, Holy Spirit, you are also the one who illuminates You are the spirit of truth and we're asking you, we humbly ask you, would you expose, not to humiliate, but expose to set us free into a different trajectory. So I'm going to ask Unsan to play. It's just you and the Holy Spirit right now. Speak to him. Come Holy Spirit, open our eyes. Help us. Help us. Help us.
maybe some of us recently or even for a long time have been struggling with clinging to the truth of God's word. Maybe some of us, we've allowed the lies of the enemy to dictate the way we think. And it's so frustrating because we, we don't want to believe these things. We don't want to let these thoughts overrule the way we think and influence our emotions. It's draining. Some of you guys maybe were dealing with certain lies you felt like were broken off but it's seeming to creep back again lies of your identity lies of how you should see yourself I want to invite us simply ask O spirit of truth set me free again O spirit of truth Enlighten my heart. Oh, Spirit of truth, cast out these lies and let the truth of Christ dominate my heart. Let's take some time to pray that right now. Come, we pray. Help us, Holy Spirit. Let the truth set us free. that some of us we you're, if you're conversing with the Lord please continue to do so for, the, for some of us who are even having a hard time praying or I want to invite us for those who would like you can stand and as the praise team leads us in a song but if you're praying please keep praying keep talking to Him keep confessing things to Him keep repenting if that's what's needed it's just you and the Lord I don't want I don't want to cut you off for the rest of us uh, I want to invite us to sing together let's worship and fill this room with praise and truth (laughs) 